Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, We are starting a brand new chapter today, uh, but we're also kind of starting a new section uh, in the book of Revelation. Remember that Jesus had told John, I want you to write the things that are. So that's what he's been doing. He's been writing to contemporary churches of his day and the churches we've been talking about. But then he said, I also want you to write about the things which shall be hereafter or the future, certainly the future to John and and, uh, the future to us too, I believe. And Revelation chapter four in verse one kind of transports John into that heavenly vision and a vision about the things which must be hereafter. And this is the section of Revelation that is just so exciting. Not that the other part was not informative and helpful, but there's just something special and exciting about knowing our future and knowing that the God whom we serve holds the future. So would you look at Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1, and we'll jump right into it. So Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1, where the Bible says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Now, I want you to remember what the Bible taught us in the letter to the church at Philadelphia. Remember, Jesus said, I am he that has the keys. I open the doors that no man can shut. I shut the doors that no man can open. And now the Bible says that John is transported into heaven. Uh, The apostle Paul talked a little bit about his testimony there in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when he was whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Remember, uh, Paul was caught up into the third heaven. So uh, Paul saw some things that he couldn't speak about. John saw some things here that God permitted him to speak about. And the very first thing he saw was a door into heaven, a way by which he could get in. And of course, what do we know? We know that Jesus is the way. We know that he is the door. We know that he is the one that opens of what others cannot open. And so the way to heaven is through Jesus. And I know that that's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's a good one. Look at verse number one again. So after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and the first voice, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So clearly, this is a vision that John is receiving. He's hearing words. He's seeing a scene in front of him, and he's being asked to detail and describe what God is showing him. It's very interesting, too, the language that's used. He heard a voice as a trumpet saying, come up hither. Verse number Yes, verse number one again said, come up hither and I will show thee. Very interesting that when you read the other passages in the Bible that deal with what we'll call the rapture, that time when Jesus will come in the clouds, the Bible makes that very clear in 1 Thessalonians chapter four. 
and the parallel passage, which I believe is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that uh, the, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, there's the voice, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So clearly the language of Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1 is similar to and reminds us of the language of the rapture passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, and also of the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58. Uh, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of the eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. So this mortal must put on immortality. That whole passage. What a, what a wonderful reminder that the experience of John in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1 is but a harbinger of the experience that you and I will have one day if we indeed are part of that generation that is alive when Jesus Christ returns. Now remember, Paul expected to be part of that generation that was alive, we which are alive and remain. Uh, and he wasn't, he died. Uh, but the Bible does teach there's coming a generation that will be alive when Jesus returns. And every generation ought to be looking for and expecting the return of the Lord. So what, what is heaven? And what does the throne room of God look like? And what did John experience when God prematurely called him up to, to see what's happening in that realm? Well, look at, if you would, verse number two. The Bible says, and immediately. I find it interesting at the end of verse one, the Bible says the things which must be hereafter. I love that, that when the Lord speaks about the future, he speaks in terms like must. That there are certain things on God's timetable, certain events that God has predicted that will happen, regardless of man's intervention, regardless of any other mitigating factors. God said these things must take place hereafter. And what are those things? Well, look at verse number two. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven. So the very first thing that John saw when he arrived in heaven was a throne. He was ushered into the very epicenter of heaven, ushered into the very throne room of God. Think about that. Now, a throne obviously symbolizes, both in the Bible and I think even outside of the Bible, a throne symbolizes power and authority and rule. And the very first thing that John saw was a throne, which, which I find very uh, satisfying because think about where John was. You know, John was on an Isle of Exile. He had been thrown out like on the garbage heap of society. Remember, he was on Patmos, a place that was reserved for common criminals. Uh, the Roman government had basically shoved him away, tortured him and left him to, to rot. So in many respects, he was just the lowest of the low in society. And yet notice the contrast here. He's ushered into the very throne room of God. 
And what does he realize? He realizes that while Rome might be ruling the world, and while the seizures of Rome might hold sway over the various persecutions that Christians endured in that first century and beyond, ultimately God is in control. Ultimately, it is God that is the mover and the shaker. And in that other realm, in the, in the real realm, the heavenly realm, John sees a throne. Now, look at verse number two again. So immediately, I was in the spirit. Behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Thrones aren't sofas. Uh, thrones aren't love seats. No, thrones are chairs that have one occupant, and God himself is upon the throne. Uh, the Bible gives us a little more of a picture of that throne in verse number three, when it said that he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, a sardine stone. There was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. So there's, there's great pomp and circumstance. Uh, this is a tremendous uh, visual uh, marvel to see. And John describes it in the only terms that human beings have. And that is, think of the greatest stone or sight you've ever seen. Think about the most lavish way you could describe something. And the Bible says it's like the finest emeralds and jewels. And there's a rainbow round about the throne all the way around. Typically, when we see a rainbow, we see a half a bow, right? But this is entirely around the throne of God. What a sight that must have been. And can I just say this? The rainbow as an image, as a symbol, really has been stolen from Christians. The rainbow was an image given by God to man after the Noahic flood for one purpose. And that purpose was to show peace, to show God's covenant that never again would the world be destroyed in that way by water. And so it was a symbol of peace and forgiveness from God. Now, is it not interesting that the throne of God, representing his authority and his power, is surrounded by a rainbow? which tells me that John entered a place, the throne surrounded by a rainbow, a place where there's peace and forgiveness. Why? Because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we can come before God. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 4? When he said, let us come boldly, therefore, unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain a mercy and, and grace to help in time of need. So what is our access point to the throne room of God? We can go there in prayer. We can go there in our spirit even today. How do we do that? We do that in the name of, by the authority of Jesus. That's where the peace is. That's where the forgiveness is. That's where the rainbow is. What a wonderful picture. Now, I think most of you know that a rainbow is really light that has been put into a prism. And so that light is, that white light has been now separated into all of its disparate parts. Did you learn the, the acronym in high school, Roy G. Biv? That, that, those are the colors of the rainbow, both on the infrared side to the ultraviolet side. So uh, red, orange, yellow, green, 
blue, indigo, violet. There's the colors, Roy G. Biv. And so what is the rainbow? It's a, it's a distilling of light. What is God? God is light. So the rainbow in all of its magnificence, the rainbow in all of its color represents the magnificence of the magnificence of God, uh, the, the, the character of God. And there in the throne room of, room of God, the rainbow surrounds the throne. And I think that's all the time that we have for today. But I'll tell you what, we get in the throne room of God, time stands still. And so we're going to come right back here next episode, talk a little bit more about what John saw and by God's grace, what you and I will see again one day. God bless you, my friends. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.